Welcome back to the Querida Mari podcast. I am your host, Maria, and this is a place where we learn how to break generational patterns, learn the good shit, leave the bad shit. So last, this past Wednesday, on my Instagram live, I shared with you generational patterns, you know, what they are. I gave you examples of emotional patterns like emotional parentification, parental projection, and things like emotional offloading and um, enmeshment. So if you want to learn more about that, that happened two days ago, um, Wednesday, and you're more than welcome to go and listen to that. I think it's like a 15-minute vi- um, video for you to learn more in regards to generational patterns. Today, on the other hand, I am going to talk to you about the symptoms to look for when it comes to uh, intergenerational trauma and patterns that you may see. Now, I don't have, I do have prompts for you. Obviously, I love to continue to um, give you uh, active, you know, action steps and resources for you to, you know, to take on your journey and to help you with your personal growth so that you can continue to help your family. And so, but it's, it's a, I feel like today it's going to be a all over the place kind of day, but you take it, take what works, leave what doesn't. And let's see let's get started. So the multiple symptoms of intergenerational trauma. So the symptoms, right? Spoke to you about patterns today or the symptoms. So symptoms that you may look, you know, you may see in your family that I would suggest that you look for are symptoms like low self-esteem, depression, um, anxiety, uh, insomnia, anger, self-destructive behaviors. Look for these symptoms in your children. Look for the symptoms in yourself because sometimes like memory loss is a symptom that um, a lot of people don't see. They don't connect that to trauma. But interestingly enough, um, with the central nervous system, when you're in the fight or flight response or the freeze response, Memory, we don't create memory during a traumatic event. It's very, very difficult because the, in order for the brain to create memories, it has to create memories in association to that event. For example, um, while you are going through a, a traumatic event, let's say war or car accident, or you're being, you know, like domestic violence, uh, sexual abuse, sexual, you know, assault, like a rape or, or something like that. The brain is not creating memories because during, let, let's say, memories as the day after, maybe months after you might go on vacation after a car accident, um, you may come back and you may you know, remember certain things about the, about that vacation, but years later, you may not, you know, remember a lot of that. And so a lot of people that suffer trauma in their childhood, they don't have a lot of memories in regards to their childhood. It is beautiful to hear, um, specifically my daughters have beautiful memories of their childhood and um, which is amazing I love it but not you know people like myself when we've gone through a lot of trauma um, 
we don't have a lot of memories of the childhood, you know, of our childhood. But yet, nonetheless, it is what it is and we continue to move on. So another, you know, symptoms, emotional numbing, isolation, hypervigilance. These are uh, symptoms that you may be familiar with or may not be familiar with. But nonetheless, these are symptoms to look at. Um, overprotectiveness. This is a symptom that I saw growing up and that I read in literature, especially in Latin American authors, this theme of overprotectiveness of children. And I see, I also see like people that go to church, they go to church a lot and they protect their children by keeping them in church. Um, and also in some, in some families, there's also a theme of they don't talk, like their parents don't talk. Nothing gets talked about. Nothing good gets talked about. Nothing bad gets talked about. Um, you know, there's no talk about feelings. Feelings get dismissed. Some feelings are perceived as weakness. And also, um, these are also symptoms to look for, like over-the-top responses for something that you may perceive as small and the other person has a huge response to it. You know, sometimes it's like, I, I, you know, this is something I talk with my clients as well, is that um, sometimes one, one partner may throw a stone, like a small stone at the, you know, like at one, and then the other partner may throw a brick. So the response does not correlate the situation. Nonetheless, it is what it is no judgment it just is um also the no response to small you know like or small response or very little response to a huge event for example let's say somebody got shot and you you hear like there's a conversation right you're in the conversation somebody got shot somebody got killed somebody got murdered and there's no response there's no response, complete flat, right? So these are symptoms to intergenerational trauma that is just that the family would just say, well, that's just the way that they are. And it goes like that becomes part of the person's personality. You know, historical trauma, for example, migration, you know, people in the 1800s, 1600s, 1700s coming from Europe to here. Um, from Puerto Rico to here, from Latin America to here, for people from here to go to, to Latin America. So there's this historical trauma that happens, you know, like the pilgrims. Let's just say the pilgrims on a boat. Tons of people died. Tons of people died. Those, that's a history, right? That's a history that has continued to repeat. It's in the books. But the people that were on, the, on those ships migrated to the United States. And I'm just using this as an example. Those people brought those historical trauma into their families, right? So slavery, another one, people going from, you know, being brought from Africa into the port of Portugal, spread out through Europe, brought here to the Americas. And so all of that historical trauma continues to be in the books today continues to be in the you know in the web of families today military more right so these are more historical traumas great great grandfather in the military 
civil war, you know, and then World War One, World War Two, the Japanese, the, you know, the us, it's everywhere, right? So trauma continues to be symptoms of intergenerational trauma, generational trauma. It is throughout all of our families. So this is where the prompts come in, okay? This is something that, um, for me supporting you in this journey. So who in your family or, you know, or people in your family are part of your support system? Who were they that were supporting you in your family? Second prompt. What are the strategies that you want to incorporate to heal your family of creation, the family that you've created, right? After a situation or a challenge. Again, what strategies do you want to incorporate into your family? So here's another one. This is number three. What stories did you hear about your family of origin growing up? What were the themes? So growing up, what were the stories that you heard? You know, because the uh, whatever, you know, was talking about so-and-so, this people, because as children, we hear fucking everything, right? We hear all the adults talk about all that stuff. So what were the stories that you heard growing up about your family of origin? You know, are they similar? Here's the kicker. Are they similar to the stories that are in your family of creation today? So, for example, a story that you heard growing up, does that story, does that theme continue to play in your family of creation today? Family of creation, again, is the family that you have created. Whether it's your family, your husband and wife, your partners, your children, or the family that you've created. That, those could be, you know, a set of friends. Because not everybody has a family, you know, a traditional family. And how... Are those stories of your family of origin growing up have impacted your family? Has impacted in positive ways, negative ways? How has all of that impacted? Okay? And also remember that traumatic events like, you know, parental incarceration, divorce, you know, natural disasters, as well as the historical traumas that I mentioned, also play a part in uh, the symptoms of intergenerational trauma. So there you have it. Wednesday, we talked about patterns. Okay. And then today we're talking about symptoms. And also the way that you can break patterns is by learning good boundaries, by learning to say no, getting yourself a good therapist, telling your story, telling your narrative, writing your narrative, doing prompts like these, you know, like, yeah, these podcasts are, um, 10 to 15 minutes long. And as we're having this discussion with one of my clients and the, the thing is that, yes, I am not your therapist, even though it may feel like I'm your therapist, but we are not in a therapeutic relationship because that's a disclaimer. I can't be everybody's therapist, right? I'm not licensed around the world. Um, but nonetheless, there is um, if you want to work with me and you live 
on the other side of the world or in a different country or whatever, you are going to have the opportunity to work with me because I am currently in the creation mode of creating a year-long process, a year-long journey um, that you can take with me. Until then, you can follow me on Instagram, Maria Rivera Heath. You can uh, leave me a comment, a review here. You can also uh, star, give me a star, one, two, three, or four, or five. You can also not do any of that and buy yourself or buy somebody else a cup of coffee. And like always, or a cup of water, whatever you want, like always, do not hoard information. Share this information. If you found value, let me know. Let a friend know. Because I want you to be part of healing this world. Healing this world is completely necessary. Have a beautiful weekend. Have a beautiful weekend. I'm touching my heart, sending you much, much love. Thank you.